What's going on, good people, and welcome to Live by the Three Your Raptors podcast with your boy Curly. Give me a follow on Instagram at Live by the Period Number Three and on X at Live by the Zero Three. Episode two hundred one is underway, and we are kicking it off where the Raptors are still at home playing host to the Golden State Warriors on March first on a Friday night. The Warriors had some complications with their flight leaving New York after defeating the Knicks. I believe they didn't get in till about 6 or 7 a.m. due to engine failure on their plane. So there was a chance that they might have been a little fatigued, but the flight wasn't that long. And, you know, these are professional athletes. I'm sure they slept most of the day and uh, not too much was interfered or taken away from their process. But they were coming off a back-to-back. They were without Andrew Wiggins this game. The Raptors, the healthier team, the team that has had momentum 3-1 and one over the last four games. But the Warriors have been slowly piecing it together since Draymond Green has made his return. And has still been Draymond Green, but for the most part, he's Draymond Green with more positive effects than negative returns. There's still, you know, the flailing and the hard fouls. But this is what Draymond Green does. This is his value to the team. He's their best defender, he's their playmaker, he's the engine that keeps the Warriors running, and and I know I have been on many podcasts, even my own, saying that he might be having much more of a negative impact than a positive one, but that has since changed, and he has proven his value once again. On the Raptors' side of things, it is very different, they are figuring things out, they are learning a new pecking order, they are building around the future of Scotty Barnes, R.J. Barrett, and Emmanuel Cookley, and lately, they've been playing better basketball as a collective. But the team overall has been playing better. The defense has been better. The offensive process has been better. They've been a lot more entertaining to watch, and they needed to be entertaining. They needed to be energized, dealing with the likes of Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors. And when this game first opened up, it was super aggressive. It was fast-paced. The Raptors were getting the ball up and down the floor. They kept a lot of pressure on a smaller Golden State Warriors team. They were able to utilize the size and strength of Scotty and RJ and even Jakob Pertl. They didn't have a big man in the middle outside of Draymond Green. Kevon Looney was coming off the bench, and he's only 6'9", and I believe Draymond Green is about 6'8". So Jakob was able to use his size early on. And for a moment, the Raptors were very successful in disrupting the offensive process of the Golden State Warriors. But there's only so long that you'll be able to keep Steph Curry under wraps. And it doesn't take much. He was able to get one three to go down, then the next one. And then I believe he scored three straight threes all by himself and really cut into an early deficit. But the Raptors weathered their early punches and they were able to get threes up on their own. Emmanuel quickly... Started off the game hot, kind of tapered off towards the end. R.J. Barrett knocked down a couple of threes. Scotty Barnes knocked down a couple of threes. Same with Grady Dick. And all this was possible with Scotty pushing the ball up the floor. But unfortunately in the second quarter, but unfortunately in the second quarter, there were two instances that really affected Scotty's game. He received the pass and it looked like it was a finger jam and he quickly dusted that off and ended up finishing at the rim and then there was another possession where i believe it was either Jonathan Kaminga or maybe Moses Moody that was going up for a layup and Scotty went up to attempt to block the shot and he ended up hitting his hand 
on the rim and ultimately causing him to leave the game and he did not return and and it was said and it turned out that scotty barnes has sustained a fracture to his third metacarpal bone of his left hand and is out indefinitely and for those who are not biology majors like yours truly that is the palm bone in his hand and worst fear realized especially after the way that he's played post all-star he looks like Scotty Barnes of old. He looks like at least, at minimum, rookie Scotty Barnes. But he's not a rookie anymore. He's a franchise player, and he's been figuring it out on the fly, using his gravity as a player, using all the attention that he dictates or commands, I should say, not dictate, but commands every single game to create open opportunities for others and using his size and his length and his strength to be an imposing force every single night and losing a player like that, your your best player, is a huge blow for the Raptors. And you were definitely wondering how the Raptors were going to adjust in the second half. But like the last game, unfortunately, it was a tale of two halves once again. Another dreaded third quarter, another slow start. The Raptors created great opportunities from three, missed three straight shots and it led to opportunities on the opposing end. Steph Curry started to do Steph Curry things. He started to get cooking from three. Klay Thompson was a non-factor in the first half. He started to get going from the outside as well. Jonathan Kaminga had a monster game. And as quickly as the Raptors got out to a, a quick and small lead, you saw them really missing the presence of Scotty Barnes. The, the playmaking subsided a great deal. Uh, Emmanuel quickly was not able to generate as much open looks as he did in the first half. Everything changed for the Raptors. And while they got great production, it was definitely next man up mentality. Kelly Olenek finished the game with 16 and 10 uh, coming off the bench, giving him a double-double. Grady Dick, certainly more impactful this game. He was getting into the paint, getting into the mid-range, taking contested threes, knocking down a couple of them. But his offensive movements, his movements off ball, and his ability to utilize his size and length to create open shots, especially over shorter defenders, you really saw that on display tonight. But outside of R.J. Barrett, who had a decent game and an efficient game with, with 23 points, 3 rebounds, 4 assists on 9 for 16 shooting from the field, 2 for 4 from 3, and 3 for 4 from the free throw line, the Raptors became very predictable on the offensive end. And the Golden State Warriors forced the other players to beat them. They got the ball out of R.J. Barrett's hand, Emmanuel Quickly's hand, and essentially asked the others to beat them. But this is a team with championship pedigree. This is a team that knows what it takes to win. And this is a team that certainly has a lot to prove, as a lot of people have written off the Golden State Warriors dynasty. It definitely looks like the dynasty is over, but they're definitely going down swinging. And I think the hot shooting of Curry, Thompson, Moody was all the difference. The three-point shots started to get cooking. The Warriors welcomed back CP3 that was there for the New York Knicks game. He started to carve apart the Raptors' defense. And, and unfortunately, unlike the first half, the Raptors played into the Warriors' hands, played that up-tempo offensive style, which is certainly not their game, and... It just simply got away with them. The Raptors missed shots. The Warriors made shots and made more than the Raptors, especially from the perimeter, ultimately coming away with the victory 120-105 to 
over the Raptors, where the Warriors shot 44 for 98 from the field at 45%, 18 for 44 from three at 41%, and 14 for 18 from the free throw line at just under 78%. The Raptors shot 41 for 96 from the field at 43%, 12 for 45 from three at 27%, and 11 for 17 from the free throw line at 65%. Now quickly going over the other stats for this game, fast break points, the Raptors took care of business there, 24 to 10. They dominated points in the paint, like I said, there's no size at least in the starting lineup, Kevon Looney only played 10 minutes this game, 52-44. to 44. And the assist numbers, the ball movement was great, but a lot of it was... But it definitely shifted when Scotty Barnes got hurt, and the ball stuck a lot more without Scotty on the floor. But it was great to see Emmanuel quickly. That didn't have a great game offensively, but he was trying to do his part as a playmaker. He ended up getting 11 assists, but that's not his strength. That's not his game. We need him to score the basketball, and he definitely was ineffective on that side of the ball tonight, unfortunately. But it was the rebounding of the Golden State Warriors that really made the night difficult for the Raptors. They did a lot of ball watching tonight, uh, a lot of looking around to see who was going to box out their guy. They didn't box out, and that's something that they were working on. And uh, I believe a, a few weeks ago, uh, learning how to box out at, at the NBA level is kind of ridiculous, but it's a young team and you're going to have to start with the fundamentals. But giving up 15 offensive rebounds, a slight edge in the second chance points, 15 to 14, is simply inexcusable for a team that has made a living this season off of being a good offensive rebounding team and getting those second chance points. But it was a three-point shooting, 18 threes, the efficiency to go along with it, the shot quality to go along with it is only a testament to the pedigree of the Golden State Warriors. Now, my takeaways from this game would have to start with the Raptors losing their identity in the second half. Now, Scotty Barnes is a huge piece, obviously. He's a franchise player. He's the future. Losing a player like that, it is very hard to replicate what he does on the basketball court and what he represents for this team when he's on the floor. But But this was an opportunity for the next man up. This was an opportunity for, uh, I mean, R.J. Barrett certainly stepped up to the plate. But this was an opportunity for Emmanuel Quickly, Gary Trent Jr., uh, Bruce Brown, Ochai Abaji. There was an opportunity there, or many opportunities, I should say, for somebody to step up in Scotty's absence. And unfortunately, we did not see that tonight. We saw a team that lost its identity. We saw a team that played in to the Warriors' hand and started to play their brand of basketball. I think it's important for the Raptors, despite losing Scotty Barnes for an indefinite amount of time, to remain composed and to maintain that level of energy and intensity over four quarters. Now, it's definitely going to be challenging to maintain it for all four quarters, but at least you want to be consistent in terms of what it is that you're trying to accomplish. Are you going to try and slow them down in transition? Are you going to try and run them off the three-point line? Like, what what are you trying to accomplish in those moments or or when there's moments of adversity? I think they need to do some soul-searching on that side. As for some positive takeaways, which I'm what I'm going to focus on right now, it would have to be the play of R.J. Barrett. I've enjoyed his tenure as a Raptor. I've enjoyed his reinvention of, his, of himself. I've enjoyed him shutting down the haters or the, the individuals, the talking heads that called him or referred to him as a toxic asset. I think R.J. has been a joy to watch. I think him being in a secondary type of role or even the thir- being a third option has played into his level of success you're seeing his efficiency go up you're seeing the shot quality go up you see him getting better at threes and what i really enjoyed 
about this game is that he was able to get to the free throw line and clean it up and going three for four instead of going four for nine or 0 for three or 0 for four like he did a couple games ago. But if there is one thing that I would like to see differently from him would be having him, especially now that Scotty Barnes is out, he's going to have to step up in a big way. And he's going to have to use his gravity. I know I've been using that word a lot, but he's definitely going to have to use his gravity as a player that can command a lot of attention, command the attention in the paint, and try to create offensive opportunities and create for others as well. I think there's a great opportunity here for RJ to step up in a big way and continue to be a consistent force that he has been for the Raptors this season. And last but definitely not least, Grady Dick tonight, 27 minutes, 12 points, 2 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal on 5 for 11 shooting from the field, and 2 for 6 from 3. I wanted Grady to be a little bit more active, especially on the offensive end. He did exactly that, getting three assists, getting a couple of rebounds. I loved his energy tonight. I love that the Raptors were creating mismatches for him, and I also credit him for recognizing those mismatches. There were a couple possessions where he was being guarded by a shorter defender, Chris Paul, on one possession. He ended up backing him down in the paint and taking a turnaround jumper. You love that he was staying aggressive from three. I didn't think Grady took a single bad shot tonight. I thought all of them were a high percent shot and it just did not go down. But he continues to be impressive with his off-the-ball movement. Um, He ended up finishing a reverse lob. It wasn't a complete flush, but it was a throwdown nonetheless. And you you got to see his athleticism on display tonight uh, against a very active and athletic and young Golden State Warriors team. And to see him find that kind of success against some impressive athletes is certainly a testament to his growth uh, this part of the season. Now let's look at some of the individual performances tonight. I've already discussed some of them, so I'm only going to quickly go over some of the players that we have not discussed as of yet. We already know Scotty Barnes getting hurt in the second quarter. He did not return, ended up finishing the game with 10 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal on 4 for 7 shooting from the field, 2 for 5 from 3, which is great to see. Jakob Pertl, I thought offensively he did a lot better than he did on the defensive end in comparison to some of the other games. He definitely seemed a little bit more hesitant on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I didn't know whether he wanted to leave his guy open or be the help side defender when dealing with the likes of Jonathan Kaminga or Moses Moody or Trace Jackson Davis. But I thought offensively he continues to be reliable on that side. And ended up finishing the game with 10 points, 14 rebounds. Two assists, one steal, one block on 5 for 10 shooting. You will take those numbers any day of the week from Jakob Pertl. He's been very effective and he continues to be effective despite dealing with with a couple of injuries as of late. Gary Trent Jr., a disappointing game from him. He continues to do little things. He continues to attempt to be impactful when he's not scoring the ball. But it's not his strength. Nine points, three rebounds, two assists, two steals on 4 for 14 shooting from the field. One for eight from three. I had no problem with his shot quality tonight or the looks that he got. He just did not knock them down. I didn't feel that his game was overly forced. It definitely had some moments, but he's done a better job checking himself and not getting overly creative on the offensive end. And I think we need to give him a little bit more credit that he's drawing tougher defensive assignments. I'm definitely curious to know if that's taking away from his effectiveness on the offensive end. But I think that he continues to have some value on this team. And if he can get those rebounding numbers up and get those steals up and get the assist numbers up, you can look past an inefficient game because he's doing other things to impact winning. But definitely not 
the best game from Gary Trent Jr. tonight. Emmanuel quickly, 36 minutes, 12 points, 11 assists, 5 rebounds, 1 steal, 1 block, on 4 for 15 shooting from the field, 3 for 11 from 3, and 1 for 2 from the free throw line. As I mentioned, a tough game after Scotty went down, the efficiency went down, the four shots started to go up, and he had a hard time navigating through the Warriors' defense, and... They they got great defenders there. Kaminga, Moody, Chris Paul, Gary Payton the second, you name it. Those are all guards capable of making Emmanuel Quickly's night difficult, and that's exactly what happened tonight. But he like I said, he was able to be effective as a playmaker, but that's not his strength. And especially when a team like the Golden State Warriors continue to push the ball up the floor and get easy buckets and transition buckets, you want a player like Emmanuel Quickly to step up in the worst way possible. Because when Scotty goes down, he's going to have to share a blunt of the offensive load and definitely did not have it tonight. As for the role players, I already mentioned Kelly Olnick with 16 and 10, Grady Dick with 12 points, 2 rebounds, 3 assists on 5 for 11 shooting in 27 minutes. Uh, Bruce Brown tonight, not very effective at all. Only coming up with 4 points, 2 rebounds, 1 assist in 23 minutes, 2 for 5 from the field, 0 for 2 from 3. I think they should really find a way to prioritize Bruce Brown Jr. I also think that maybe having an additional ball handling guard to relieve him of those duties and make him more effective as an off-ball player, which he has made a career out of being that type of player, I think would definitely do wonders for him and his effectiveness as a Raptor so far. And you're hoping with the signing of Jermon Freeman-Liberty, who got his two-way contract converted to a multi-year deal, full-time contract congratulations to javon freeman liberty did not see the floor for other than a minute but you are encouraged that maybe that's something that the raptors can incorporate down the line ochai abaji struggled offensively had a tough night defensively two points in 10 minutes on one for three shooting over two from three dj carton knocked down a big three was able to get a couple free throws to go down as well as the raptors tried to make a push in the later parts of this game but only five points and two assists. Love his energy. Kind of reminds me of a more offensively polished uh, Jeff Dowden. That, that could be inaccurate, but there's a smoothness and a calmness to his game that Jeff Dowden Jr. definitely exuberated during his time here. And last but definitely not least, Chris Boucher. I know uh, Jalen McDaniel's got a minute. Same with Noara. Same with Freeman Liberty. But Chris Boucher in five minutes, two points, two rebounds. There is no reason why Chris Boucher should not be playing. You lose a man, having a player with Chris Boucher's energy and effort is somebody that you can utilize. It is very strange to me that he continues to not get playing time. And in small orders and small sample sizes, Chris Boucher finds ways to be impactful and to be effective. This is somebody that the Raptors can benefit from. I don't know what's happening there, but if this was the approach, they should have traded him at trade deadline and get a player that they could definitely utilize. I'm definitely disappointed that since Precious Achua has been gone, I definitely thought that the Boucher minutes would have been ramped up, and he could be his effective self and consistent self like he has for the most part during his Raptors tenure. Uh, Unfortunately, that has not transpired as of yet. But hopefully, fingers crossed, that being undermanned, that it's going to open up more opportunities for him. Unfortunately, with this loss, the Raptors are now 22-38 and 38 on the season. And they continued their homestand welcoming the Charlotte Hornets on a Sunday afternoon game with a 5 p.m. tip. A Charlotte Hornets team that has been playing the role of spoiler or at least 
being a thorn in team sides, they are certainly not a pushover. They're a team that relies on their athleticism. This is a team without LaMelo Ball, but they're getting great production from Brandon Miller, Miles Bridges. Not playing basketball for a very long time has certainly been impactful on the offensive side and giving them a dynamic that certainly was missed for them last season. They're getting great production from their young players. Nick Richards is stepping up in the in the best way possible. And it's next man up mentality. There's nothing particularly there's nothing that is particularly outstanding with the Charlotte Hornets team. But this is a team that, similar to the Memphis Grizzlies, cannot be taken lightly. They have impactful players, they have athleticism, they have youth, and they like to get up and down the floor. Very similar style that the Raptors would aspire to play. But on paper, the Raptors are a better team. They have more size. They have more players that can take over the game, like the likes of Quickly, RJ, even Gary Trent Jr. But if the Raptors are going to have any success against a lowly Charlotte Hornets team, they're going to have to get their two best players to step up. The remaining two of BBQ, and I'm talking about Barrett and Quickly. This is essentially their team on the offensive, and now they're going to be the hubs. They're going to be leading the charge every single night. And I think that there's an advantage in having both Quickly and Barrett coming from the New York Knicks. You see flashes of it throughout the games where they have great two-man chemistry, and you definitely hope that that's going to show itself over the next little bit of the remaining season. The second key would have to be come out with energy, come out with purpose. This is not a team that should be taken lightly. This is a team that has the potential to run you out the gym. The Raptors are definitely going to have to be on point and is definitely going to have to match their energy on both ends. They're not a very great team defensively, but they are a team that's going to be disruptive. They are a team that's going to make you earn everything, so the Raptors have to match their energy and effort on both ends. And the last key would have to be stay true to yourself. Don't get sucked into playing a track meet game. Utilize utilize the players. Utilize your skill sets. You have Jakob Pertl that is an absolute force, especially when the Raptors have prioritized them on the offensive end, continues to anchor them defensively. You got Emmanuel Quickly. That's a dynamic guard that can take over any game at any given moment. We have seen flashes of it. Same with R.J. Barrett. Same with Gary Trent Jr., you would hope that the young guys coming off the bench are going to be taking advantage of the opportunities and stay true to themselves. And that Kelly Olenek, who has been a starter in this league, who is going to continue to be his consistent self and be an impact player. And, and for the rest of the players coming off the bench, the Javon Freeman Liberties, the DJ Cartons, Ochai Abaji, Noara, you name it, that they're going to, you name it, that when their number is called, they're going to step up and be impactful. As I've said, and I know I'm stating the obvious, losing Scotty Barnes is a huge blow, but the Raptors still have players that can win them basketball games. You just definitely hope that they step up. And the Charlotte Hornets may be the confidence booster that they need for the rest of the season, and maybe it puts them in the right state of mind as they continue to work through the process. But we will see what happens come Sunday afternoon. And I will leave it off there, folks. We got a podcast. Thank you to all listeners doing all for tuning in. I appreciate every single one of you. It's definitely going to be interesting to see how this team reacts without Scotty Barnes and how they respond and how they're going to adjust 
I think Coach Darko has had a rough season dealing with two different teams, incorporating new players and whatnot. He's had a tough go, but this is a great learning opportunity for him, and I'm certainly hopeful, and I definitely think that he's up to the challenge. I think as the Raptors work through this process, having a coach like Coach Darko, who exuberates uh, a tremendous amount of positivity, is a guy that could work them through these adversities, but we will see how they adjust, and we will see how all that unfolds on Sunday. If you have not done so already, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It'll mean so much if you take time to do so. And until the next episode, which will be very soon, everybody, please continue to stay healthy and stay safe. Good people. Peace.